Welcome everybody at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. It has taken me, I don't know how long to finally sit down and do this review because I had not watched this pay-per-view in a while. It is time for Backlash 2000. We've already covered WrestleMania 16, or if people like to call it WrestleMania 2000 for some reason. So it's time to follow up the follow-up, or cover the follow-up pay-per-view. So, nine matches. Let's go over everything. I'm going to try to touch on some stuff that's happened since WrestleMania for each of these matches. So let's go through it. First off, Edge and Christian, the WWF Tag Team Champions, are defending the Tag Team titles against X-Pac and Road Dog to open the show. Edge and Christian, since WrestleMania started to kind of turn heel, they started to develop this cocky, arrogant heel tag team type of personas. They're going to eventually go into the whole full-on reeks of awesomeness characters with the five-second poses and everything. And in the build to this pay-per-view... Rodok and X-Pac got a couple of singles victories of their own over Edge and Christian, so it leads to this tag team contest. So, I wasn't fond of Deborah's ring introductions. She introduced both tag teams, just... It, her entrance were just blah. But I did like DX's Run DMC entrance theme that you heard. Still, you're right, well, you, you know, all that shit. So, Edge and Christian got a good reaction early on in their match. They got that poetry in motion slash crossbody combo where... Christian just mounts off of Edge. Don't take that in a nasty form, y'all. We, we're not talking about that kind of thing right here. To Road Dog in the corner. There was an odd part in this match, though. Road Dog feign tagging X-Pac behind the referee's back, and it's accepted. But yeah, when Edge tags in legally behind the ref's back, and you hear the tag, it wasn't accepted. And you'll see this more than once throughout the night. Well, I also wasn't a fan of Road Dog also doing the shake, rattle, and roll punch combo, because when Crit... You could even see this animation in the video games where the person taking those punches and while or taking the punches and before that last punch hits, they gotta wait because Road Dog is shaking and everything. So the person has to sell it like they're drunk to be like, Ugh, like I hate that. It's like, come on, are you really that disoriented after just a couple of jabs? No, it looked terrible. So Edge, like, when Road Dog is pounding on Christian and tagging it and beating him and everything, Edge actually gets involved and gets a top rope headbutt onto Road Dog. Thank goodness he's probably never done this ever since then. Well, he also had another great moment. X-Pac and Road Dog try to tag move. Christian laying on his feet, double neck breaker to take both men down. Edge gets in, regain more of a fight. X-Pac misses a shot at Edge, and he ends up accidentally knocking Tori off the apron. But then, while there's brawling going on at ringside, X-Pac gets his X-Factor finisher on Edge. And while the ref is distracted, Christian sneaks in the ring and clocks X-Pac in the head with the ring bell to retain the tag belts. And that bell legitim shot legitimately busted X-Pac open. Ugh. It was not a pretty sight, so... Solid opening match. Really good thing to see. And like I said, after this, you would see Edge and Christian fully turn heel more and more as time went on. Riggs of Austin this thing, but... A good overall way to start the show, and the crowd loved it. Now, after this match, The Rock, you could see him arriving in his limo backstage with an open shirt. Rock, you don't need to keep having your nipples out, okay? It's not always necessary. Alright, match numero dos. Dean Malenko defending the light heavyweight championship against Scotty Tuhati. Backstory, both men traded the light heavyweight championship a couple of times since WrestleMania, so it's leading this pay match. And a weird note that I noticed here, because they showed the uh, highlight package a little bit to hype everybody up, saying what the story is behind here. You can see the SmackDown before the pay-per-view, the Light Heavyweight Championship still had a red strap, but here on the pay-per-view itself, 
and the first time ever, the Light Heavyweight Championship has now got a black strap to it. I'll eventually cover that someday when I cover the history of this championship. So, the action is fast-paced right from the opening bell. You would see that's also happening a lot. It seemed to be a theme with the Attitude Era with some of these matches. And Malenko took a bit of time to start getting the advantage in the early part of the match. Because, like, Scotty Twatty was just all over him. Malenko then would also start targeting the left knee of Scotty after getting a baseball, uh, sorry, a basement drop kick out of the corner. And this was just become an ongoing thing for Malenko in terms of his overall offense. So it would kind of feel like he's doing what Brett would always do, just knee, 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 leg, leg, over and over. He would even get it, Malenko would even get a knee bar onto Scotty Duarte, but he gets the ropes and the referee catches him. Nope, break that hole, motherfucker. So Scotty, he's trying to get a break and try to get momentum back by getting Nenziguri after taking a shin breaker, but Malenko takes him down. It started to become a running theme here. So Scotty, he tries another break right after that, after sending Malenko into the corner to reverse a figure for a leg lock and gets a roll up, but then eats a clothesline, so once again, can't catch a break. Well, both men go to the outside after, before returning to the top rope, and Malenko would get a superplex on Scotty Tuhati. I mean, we would see that move a handful of times throughout this night. Scotty would also get a, like, a near fall with a backslide. He would reverse the clover leaf with a roll up, like an inside cradle for another near fall. And then, Scotty does a big thing. He gets a two-handed bulldog. On to Dean, everybody's like, oh, and he starts no-selling the left leg, which he's hopping on to do the worm. Like, that's a problem we keep seeing in today's wrestling. Stop no-selling everything. You're getting a body part worked on. There should be no reason why that body part, after a while, should be functioning like it's nothing. I get it, you're going to have adrenaline at some point. But at that point, it was too soon to have adrenaline building up. Like, it was, it was just so stupid. So, the chop and everything happens... Malenko gets a roll up and tries to use the ropes like when pinning Scotty after this, but the referee catches him because both his legs way up there on the top rope, so easy view in there. And then you get closer to the finish. Dean got a great double underhook powerbomb, or the Tiger Bomb, I guess it's called. It's that finisher Jamie Noble you do later on. Malenko flies over the top rope and gets a hot shot on Scotty Tuhati, so throw first over the top rope. He starts climbing up top from the apron, and then we get the big finish. Scotty catches him. Tries to go for a superplex of his own on Malenko, but as they both jump off, Scotty, like, was trying to go for a superplex. Malenko blocks the move in midair and drops him in the DDT. Everybody just, like, audible gasp. That's it to beat Scotty Tohati. So, Dean Malenko retains the light heavyweight championship. Great match. Probably the best light heavyweight championship match. Ah, sorry. Light heavyweight championship match of all time. And Scotty Tohati would reveal later on in an interview that Linda McMahon confronted him backstage and told him, hey, don't ever do that again. Because that impact was just jarring. But, I mean, still a great finish right there. Then backstage, Vince's gang reassured, gets reassured that the Stooges, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, are still, like, on the boss's side and everything. And Shane, he's brushing off his shirt because, that's right, he's the referee from the main event. Now, the third match. This one was pretty much a throwaway. The APA versus the big boss man and Bull Buchanan. Backstory, there's nothing that I know of because I couldn't even find a match graphic for it. Just a thrown-together match to fill up time. So, it's like I said, Big Boss Man had taken Bull Buchanan under his wing. We had seen them at, team up at WrestleMania, and they beat the Godfather and D'Lo Brown in a tag match. Whatever. So, Buchanan, he did a good front flip to and landed on his feet to avoid a back body drop by Bradshaw. Like Bradshaw, I'm going to hit you, Michael. It's like, I'm Bull Buchanan. No, you're Michael. And it looks like there was a netted 
for on the WWE Network. And we would I would see this a lot throughout the WWE Network slash Peacock version of the show where you watch a live version and you notice how everything is, but then it seems like on the network slash Peacock, a lot of these camera angles were constantly replaced with different camera angles just throughout the show. And you would see this because Bobby Cannon, during the early part of the match, tried that corner corkscrew forearm or whatever he does out of the corner, and it seems like he didn't get all of it, and they had to change to a different camera angle to hide it. It... <laughs> so, the APA, they get spent a good t- amount of time isolating the big boss man, and some of the offense during this part where Bossman's in just kind of feels sloppy. No offense to the big Bossman, but something seemed off with him on this night. It's not the best thing. Bradshaw, he, then we see it for the second time. Bradshaw legally tags in behind the ref's back. You can hear the tag. Once again, referee behind my back. Oh, doesn't count. I didn't see it. But yeah, they always allow when the heels do it. I don't get what's the logic there. You don't see when the heels tag in, but when the babyface tag team happens behind your back, no, no, I didn't see it. Like, I know it's a way to try to build heat so that the heels get an advantage behind the ref's back, but come on, be consistent. So anyway, Farouk, he gets a spine buster and Buchanan tags in Bradshaw for the hot tag. Bradshaw with House of Fire, and Big Boss Man stops Bradshaw's momentum to help Big Bo- help Bull Buchanan in the corner get a superplex from the corner. So, again, another silver black sun throughout the night. So, you get to the finish. Bobby Cannon misses a corner, like charge attack, and he's a clothesline from hell. Bossman breaks up the pin, and then Bossman grabs his nightstick. Clocks Farouk on the outside, hits Bradshaw in the face while Bradshaw is in the ring behind the ref's back, and Bobby Cannon does a diving leg drop bulldog, so like a diving famaster, to Bradshaw for the win. I, this match is just thrown together, sloppy moments. I mean, I was more impressed just by Bill, by Bull Buchanan's, like, agility and athleticism of sorts. But this match just did not belong. I get it, rep, like, guys get paydays, but this match just blah. I mean, we will see a worse match later on. So backstage, everybody's getting ready for the hardcore title match. Hardy Boys are talking to each other, saying every man for himself. Then you see Crash Holly and Hardcore Holly, same thing. But the only difference is, like, with Hardy Boys, they're like, yeah, we're good. But then Hardcore Holly, he slapped Crash in the face like, what's wrong with you? This thing about sportsmanship, every man for himself. Slap. Because of course, Hardcore Holly's got to be the hard ass. So match number four, a six-man slash six-way Hardcore Championship match. Crash Holly defending the Hardcore Championship against Jeff Hardy, Hardcore Holly, Matt Hardy, Taz, and Perry Saturn. So Crash, ever since he became Hardcore Champion, he developed the 24-7 rule saying, this championship's on the line 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as long as there's a referee present. And during a match on SmackDown before the pay-per-view, there was a hardcore title match between Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. The rule got implemented, so Crash got involved and won the championship. So now, we had six men gunning for this belt. So Crash becomes a target of pretty much everybody starting in this match and even throughout the match. And what confused me was, it's a six-way match. So it's pretty much like the same thing you see with Triple Threats and Fatal 4 ways saying, first one to get the decision wins the belt. But it seemed like ever. I don't know if they ever clarified, but it seemed like everybody thinks the only way to become champion is you have to be Crash Holly, even though, once again, it's every man for himself. So everybody's just like, gotta pin Crash, gotta pin Crash. Like, I know they kind of did the same thing when you had the Hardcore Battle Royal WrestleMania, but it's just like that was a Battle Royal and a ton more other people. But in a six-way, you would think it's the same rules as you would see in Triple Threat or Fatal 4-Way. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't wrap my head around this. 
But the action was actually really good. You had some action going on with the seal structures, like swing sides or hooks or whatever they are at the entranceway. Matt Hardy jumped off one of them and landed on everybody. One of the structures got destroyed because Perry Saturn got a front suplex to Crash Holly to send him through another one. Jeff, he swung from another one and hit Perry Saturn with a Hurricane Rana. So some good innovation there. Took some time to get some weapons involved for the real hardcore action to get done involving like trash can lids and stop signs and all that. And you even got some near falls all over at ringside because everybody remembered, oh yeah, falls kind of were hardcore. Woohoo! So, for a couple of things I even saw here was that there were a couple times where there was choking done in the ring and the referee was counting like the five count for almost like a disqualification. It's like, dude, anything goes. I get it. Choking can be a problem, but it's like hardcore, no disqualification. We don't need some kind of rule bending where things don't make sense like I saw with the San Francisco 49ers match we will see in about nine years. But I mean, this was an insane match. You even saw Hardcore Holly. Back then, his finisher was the Falcon Arrow, which I think they called the Holly Cost, which is like not even or even a choking title there. Before he did the Alabama Slam, he did it to crash on a steel chair. So, I mean, that was smart. Then the Hardy Boys get the ladder involved. Ladder set up. You saw Crash eat both uh, Twisted Feet and a Swanton Bomb by Jeff off the ladder. Taz, he gets a Taz mission later, like a bit later on to crash. Perry Saturn with a stop sign runs in and smashes Taz in the head to break up the submission. Everybody else is fighting on the outside and Crash at the last moment covers Taz, who is completely knocked out, to win and retain his championship. So, a really good hardcore match. Even with six men, it can kind of be chaotic and hard to follow at times. But, I mean, it worked. Like I said, like, it took a bit of time for the full hardcore aspect in terms of like seeing weapons being used to be implemented. But, I mean, I liked it. I really did like it. I mean, it felt a bit more structured compared to WrestleMania, where it was just like everybody runs around smacking each other with weapons. You couldn't follow every single thing because too much action everywhere. But it felt more condensed and more together to where you could keep track of what's going on at all times. Uh, then you also get backstage. Coach is also interviewing Shane about the main event. And the first bit, you couldn't even hear the audio because the microphone just wasn't reading for just a bit of a moment. Then now you get to match number five. Oh no, this. Big Show versus Kurt Angle. So after WrestleMania, Big Show decides, I want to be entertaining. He's dancing. He's doing the whole impression thing. Like he's impersonating like some kind of Scottish man. Oh, right there, there laddie. Or trying to impersonate like Val Venus. And eventually he'll do Rikishi too. But he's trying to be entertaining. And tension's built after Big Show and Kurt Angle were supposed to be in a tag match. To go for the tag team titles, Big Show's more focused on entertaining the crowd, so build tensions, they're fighting and all that match, and all that junk. So you get to the match. Kurt Angle, he's cutting a pre-match promo while also referencing past historical figures, because we're in Washington, D.C., so we gotta bring up George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And then out comes Hogan, or sorry, Big Show coming out impersonating Hulk Hogan as the showster, coming out to a real American... I mean, the same music that you would hear for Patterson and Briscoe from time to time during the Attitude Era. And right away, he's doing that whole Hogan Hulk-up offense stick, and he even hits the leg drop, which Angle kicks out at two. Angle, he's trying to target Big Show's left leg, but finally Big Show throws off his disguise. I'm pissed. Wailing at Angle a little bit. Choke slam. That's it. Do not recommend this match. Pointless and stupid. Not even comedic. Just avoid the match. Yeah, it's two and a half minutes, but still bad. 
So backstage now, we get ready for the next match. Michael Cole interviews Trish Stratus, who is kind of flirting with Michael Cole and talking about Bubba Ray Dudley. And Bubba is watching on the TV backstage in the main interview era, not what looked like a boiler room area. And gets confronted by Devon over his actions, saying, hey, brother, slap, snap out of it. So now we're going to get to match number six, the Dudley Boys versus TNA. So after WrestleMania, the Dudley Boys turn babyface. And Bubba Ray has been putting women through wood before and after this. And his next target was Trish, but it seemed like he's in a love spell slash hypnotic trance with Trish while wanting to put her through wood. And you would get this a lot, like, seeing, like, he's in a trance. You saw the, you saw him do it with Mae Young. Like, sitting there like, ugh, ugh. It's a uh, weird thing to see. So, right off the bat, Bubba, he's chasing Trish Stratus around ringside, like, trying to catch her. But then Tess knocks him down with the clothesline to ringside, so protecting his woman. Dudley boys, they get a double suplex and even get that diving headbutt to Albert before they were doing the full what's up stuff. I think they might have done it at WrestleMania, but they didn't do it here. I guess they were in a bit of a rush. And the crowd, for whatever reason, is being surprisingly quiet for a lot of this match. I don't get it. So, you also saw a good body splash slash big boot combo by TNA to Devon coming out of the corner. Not the kind of big boot yet that Tess would do for a finisher. See that in a bit. And I did really like this double team maneuver. They looked like TNA was doing like a sidewalk slam, but they kept flipping Devon to land on his front. So it was more like a sidewalk slam into a front flip. I guess you could kind of, I can't describe it. So Devon gets a break. He gets a swinging net breaker on Tess. But then for the third time, face tag is missed due to the referee's like back being turned when Devon tags in Bubba Ray. Oh no, I didn't see it. So they do this three times in the tag matches. Golly. Please give it a break. So Albert, he gets a rope catapult to Devon, and instead of going, like, throwing him throw first in the bottom rope, he does it between the second and the bottom rope. Something don't see often. Just catapult, boom. So, that, now we get to this next part. Devon, he gets a hope spot because he gets a diving sunset flip for near fall, but then eats a sit-out powerbomb by Albert. So it seemed like a nice moment. I mean, he get get some good motion there. Bubba Ray, he gets in tag with Tess and everything. You get that second version of the 3D, which is that back suplex neckbreaker combo on Tess for Nearfall. Albert, he gets that sit-out choke bomb. I don't know what he called it before becoming A-Train. And then onto Bubba Ray. But then, thankfully, what, Tess was going up top, going for the elbow drop. And Devon pulled Bubba Ray out of the way, so Tess missed the elbow drop there. Then you get to the big moment. Dudley boys go for the 3D on Tess. But then Trish jumps on the apron, remove her jacket... To distract Bubba Ray, and that also gets the fans to rise to their feet to watch this. Then Bubba Ray turns around, eats a running big poop by test. That's it, so the Dudley boys lose to TNA. Solid overall match, but then you remember post-match. Because then the Dudley boys like get rid of Tess and Albert, because you see a Bubba Cutter done to, I think it was Tess, then 3D to Albert, so 3D gets done. Trish gets grabbed, and she tries to influence Bubba Ray to have mercy by making out with him, but he's like, nope. So grabbed her by the hair, set up the table, double, or diving, sit out powerbomb from the second rope to Trish, through the table. Finally, Dave's like, yeah, I got you, bitch. And as a result, Trish had to get stretchered out by paramedics, which took a little while longer than expected. And as she's getting in, put into the ambulance, out comes Eddie Guerrero in his fancy car, wearing his tuxedo. Lita, or Trina with her red evening gown because they went to the prom. And Eddie's told, you have to get to the ring now because if you wait any longer, you don't even have time to change in your wrestling attire. You wait any longer, you're going to forfeit your European championship. So now, 
I'm going to scroll through because I got my notes typed up and all this. This would be match number seven. Eddie Guerrero defending his European Championship against S.A. Rio. So, backstory was this. Eddie and China finally joined an alliance after WrestleMania when China turned on Chris Jericho, helped Eddie become European Champion because she can't resist his Latino heat. And in the build, there were a couple times where S.A. and Eddie were teaming and Lita accidentally, more than once, got offense on Eddie because of miscommunication and also at one point got offense on China. And during one particular match, both S.A. and Lita purposely double-teamed on Eddie, so it led to this. So, this match kind of got sloppy. Like, S.A. at one point avoided a tilt-a-roll move, and he tried giving a tilt-a-roll backbreaker on Eddie. Completely botched. And Eddie, it seemed like Eddie was supposed to be the babyface because the crowd was solidly behind Eddie and China. But Eddie insulted the crowd saying, you guys suck, and gave the whole up yours motion to the crowd. I mean, eventually it'll turn full-blown babyface after this but felt kind of weird there so essay he gets a missile drop kick which didn't look the best it looked like he was trying to stay vertical not supposed to do that with a drop kick okay might not have the best landing afterwards so eddie heats the ropes after getting a monkey flip and it was more it was a nastier landing than usual because it felt like he almost went completely under the ropes with that landing both men go to the outside and essay he does this well, he, Eddie's about to do a powerbomb essay on the floor. Lita tries to get intervene, but China shoves her off the top rope. That distracts Eddie by accident, so essay gets a back body drop to Eddie on the floor. And then essay does the assigned moonsault off the second rope to the outside and hits Eddie with it. But then his legs, or essay's legs, connect with the announce table, so not a good landing there. And essay he does get an impressive running somersault plancha after sending Eddie back to the outside because. Go in the ring, Eddie thrown to the outside, and then Nesta just runs springboard plancha, or sorry, running plancha over the t corner to Eddie on the outside. Was the most impressive moment of the night. And then you get to the big finish. Eddie drops Essay with his brain buster. He goes up top, and he's taking too long to execute his frog splash, so Eddie, or Eddie eats the arm drag off the top rope. Essay wants to go for the moonsault, but Eddie reverses it by getting his knees up. And then Eddie, I don't know what he calls this, but... He sets S.A. up for a crucifix powerbomb, but instead he just, like, starts swinging and swinging like a hurricane and drops S.A. down into a neckbreaker from that position for the surprise win. So, I mean, pretty solid match, but there were sloppy moments that made it feel iffy. Post-match, Lita rips off China's evening gown. But, I mean, it was a good overall match, and then China, she's like, yeah, all right, I look good. So she embraces the crowd with being in her lingerie. So now we're on to the 8th match. Chris Jericho challenging Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental Championship. This happened after WrestleMania because Jericho lost the European Championship, but instead he moved on to facing Benoit. Referred to Benoit as Mr. Roboto, which Benoit took an offense to, even though Benoit, let's admit, you got no charisma. Alright, shut up. So both men are trading reversals because these men have really good chemistry together. They're even chopping each other non-stop, on and on, big men beating meat. I know, I'm kind of paraphrasing what Big E said, but come on. So Jericho gets dumped over the top rope with that back suplex we would see later on in their ladder match at Royal Rumble. But then Jericho ducks the suicide dive by Benoit. I mean, didn't get the best landing there. Benoit, he's dominating over Jericho after hitting a dropkick to him into the steel steps to drive it into Jericho's legs. So Jericho, he's struggling to make a comeback. But Jericho does get an abdom out of the abdominal stretch, gets a line salt on Benoit, and takes forever to get the count or cover which ends up being in a near fall because he waited until the referee counted to nine to do it. So, of course, he was going to survive. And Jericho, he gets a couple of good moves, clocking Benoit, like the spinning wheel kick and one-handed bulldog. 
So can't put Benoit away yet. So Benoit, he gets a front suplex, gets eats a front suplex, on, hang him over the top rope, but then swats Jericho away when he does that corner springboard drop kick that he does. I think it's like a triangle drop kick or whatever they call it in the video games. I think that's like the best description I can give it. So Benoit, he counters like Jericho's attempt at a back suplex off the second rope with a crossbody. Same thing you would see Shawn Michaels do at WrestleMania 19. And Jericho, he fights off a backslide attempt and gets that double powerbomb on Benoit. Still doesn't get done. And then after Benoit kicks out a two from that, he gets cross face, but Jericho breaks the hole with his feet on the ropes. So Benoit tries again. Jericho fights it off and then gets the walls Jericho on Benoit. But then Benoit gets the rope. So both men know to act fast. So Jericho, he goes for the flying forearm. But Benoit ducks, so the referee gets wiped out. And Benoit, behind the ref's back, uses the Intercontinental Championship belt as a weapon. And referee wakes up long enough to start counting. Barely a near fall. Barely. And then we get to the finish. Benoit gets a snap suplex to Jericho. Jericho lands on the belt. Benoit goes to the top with a diving headbutt. But then Jericho holds up the Intercontinental Championship to hit Benoit in the head as he comes down. And referee sees that. Disqualification. So, yeah, pretty bad ending. And even Ben, even JR on commentary is like, oh, that was garbage. I mean, yeah, it's pretty like disappointing finish right there. I mean, it would continue. The, it would continue the feud, which would actually get really good. But I mean, yeah, pretty flat finish there. Post match, Jericho's pissed off. Puts the walls of Jericho on Tim White, and four other referees have to jump in to get him to break the hold. So I mean, really damn good match. But like I said, that finish could have been better. Self admittedly. Now you get to the main event: The Rock challenging Triple H for the WWF Championship with Shane McMahon as a special guest referee, and Triple H has both. His father-in-law, Vince, and his wife, Stephanie, in his corner. So the backstory, we go back to WrestleMania. Fatal 4 elimination match, Big Show, Mick Foley, Triple H, and The Rock for the WWF Championship, and McMahon in every corner. It's down to Triple H and The Rock. Vince gets in the ring, and instead of helping The Rock, whose corner he was in, he smashes The Rock in the head more than once with a steel chair to cost him the title and realigning with his family. Well, then The Rock gains, like, earns his shot for a one-on-one -on -one title match at Backlash, but then Linda realizes, hey, I'm the only baby face out of this family, and The Rock is outnumbered, so why not have somebody in his corner? And she chooses to announce that Stone Cold's going to be back. And before the pay-per-view, Stone Cold drops that gigantic concrete beam, or like a barricade divider, to from a crane to destroy the DX Express. But then they're teasing the whole night, saying, hey, Stone Cold's still not here. He may not be here. Card subject to change. Hint, hint. So we get this big main event. Crazy, wild, and overbooked. Early on, Triple H even tried to go for a pedigree, but The Rock knew better, reversed it because he's fresh enough. But Triple H starts dominating over The Rock, he even gets a chin lock on him and everything. And The Rock survives that three-arm like drop test that they do for a submission. But then behind Shane, Shane completely ignores how Triple H then puts his feet on the ropes. Because, of course, you got to be a heel referee. And The Rock, he gets some offense back in. He even like dumps Triple H with the DDT but Shane deliberately, deliberately is like nope I'm not killing that shit bitch but The Rock he lays him out with the right hand knocking him to the outside and Triple H and them are just finally going back outside offense just getting chaotic but of course everybody's loving it so you, like Triple H before they go back to the outside okay or sorry yeah before they go back to the outside and take each other down with the double clothesline Vince Gets in the ring and clocks The Rock with the WWF Championship. The Rock gets back up and everything. So everybody's fighting on the outside now after the Triple H gets thrown over to the whole corner flop thing. 
and they're fighting around the announce table area and they tear apart the Spanish announce table. We all know what's going on there. So the Spanish announce table gets assembled. It seemed like The Rock is going to get driven to the table, but instead he low blows Triple H, gets ready for rock bottom. Shane's like, no, 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 you're not doing this. But he, The Rock grabs him and double rock bottom to Triple H onto Shane through the announce table. So double rock bottom, Shane eats all the impact there. And Vince is just like, oh, I can't believe this. So the Shane's out. Everybody gets back in the ring, and Vince sneaks in to attack The Rock, distracting everything. So then The Rock gets hit with a low blow from behind by Triple H, and Triple H gets the pedigree, but there's no ref. So down come Patterson and Briscoe wearing referee shirts. Patterson counts one, two, nope. The Rock's still alive. Everybody starts attacking The Rock, beating him down, and Vince gets a steel chair from Stephanie, and he hits The Rock with the head, in the head with the chair, but then falls over. Ah, <sighs> Vince. You're so uncoordinated. So in The Rock, he's like about ready to get lifted for a pedigree, and Vince is just like, I want you to count to three, damn it. But then the glass shatters. Here's Stone Cold with a chair, and he's laying every heel out. Takes out Triple H with a shot to the back. Headshots to Patterson and Briscoe, and that one to Briscoe, my God, just swung, bam, swung for the fences. Gets in the ring, takes out Vince and Shane, even gets on Vince. He's like, you stupid motherfucker. Triple H comes in with a chair, doesn't get to hit Stone Cold, but Stone Cold smashes him in the head. Stone Cold walks back up the aisleway, and down comes Linda with Earl Hebner. Stephanie gets in Linda's face like, what do you think you're doing? Linda's just like, fuck off, and shoves her on her ass. Then the Rock, he's about to get hit with the chair, but stops it. Spine buster, people's elbow, Earl Hebner instructed to get in the ring. Counts to three, new WWF champion. So yes, the Rock is the new champion after finally overcoming the odds. Best match of the night, just a bit better than the light heavyweight championship match, just by a little bit. And then post-match, Stone Cold comes down to ringside with the destroyed DX Express and has a beer toast celebration with The Rock to celebrate with the new WWF champion. So yes, a wild show overall. Nine matches, crazy stuff. The only two bad matches that you really had on this night Overall, were Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan versus the APA, and Big Show versus Kurt Angle. Everything else was at least solid, even though there were some sloppy moments, like I said, with SA and Eddie. The opening tag match was really good. The Light Heavyweight Championship match was great, better than like anybody probably remembers. Intercontinental Championship match could have had a better finish, like compared to what we had, and that main event was just chaotic. And again, that pop Stone Cold got when he came out was just incredible. Unbelievable. Everybody was just white hot for this. So out of a 10 rating, on a scale of 1 to 10, I will give it a solid 9 out of 10. One of the best overall like B pay-per-views we've ever seen. And this definitely helps remedy the bad show that we had with WrestleMania just prior to this. Because that show was just overbooked to death and just blah. So this definitely made up for that. So let me know in the comment section below. For anybody who's seen Backlash 2000, what did you all think of the pay-per-view? Let me know in the comment section below. If you've never seen it, you gotta. You're gonna love it. So, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast, folks, please remember to leave a like, subscribe with the bell turn on, turned on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.